Good morning. How's everyone doing? Happy Monday. Hope you had a fantastic weekend. Over on the Facebook chat, we got Michael Hastings, Todd Father, Enrique. Good to see you guys. YouTube. Good morning, Abe. Good morning, Norm. Good morning, Jake. Good morning, Kyle. Good morning, Detroit Dabber and Troy. And Josh, don't forget the intro, Osborne. This is The Morning Show. It's bite-sized bits of the things that I enjoy. Music, American towns, American geography, American history, baseball players and their stories, and then a little bit of books slash poems at the end. It's pretty ecliptic. Doesn't really have any rhyme or reason, although last Friday's did. But I enjoy it. You enjoy it. Someone said, wish I had a shred of your musical skills. I have zero musical skills, Rick Leto. I just like music. Ronnie lied about his baggage. Ooh, there's a baggage out today. Abe says, okay, the chat is coming at Ronnie for his baggage. I don't remember what it was, but I don't remember what it was. We did that probably a long time ago, but I guess he's a liar. Cool. Damn liar. We got A.A. Bondi singing to us today. We've done him before, but he came up again. So, man, good morning. Hope everyone's doing well. Uh, It's not working on Periscope today, so we may have some new people in the YouTube chat that are usually watching in Periscope. Thanks if you came on on down. And I'll do a little bit of housekeeping at, at the front here. Tonight is a late night record. For the crew at John Boy, for Jake and I, uh, we will probably be recording at 11 p.m. Uh, go to, I don't know, midnight. Usually I've been getting home at 1.30. And you saw last week I was tired as hell one night. We tried to do that, and I said, we're going to do something different. I can't do that again. So tomorrow's morning, here's the options. Here are the options for tomorrow's episode of morning. One, no episode. Facebook is choppy. Facebook's been doing that. It says it's going to get unchoppy soon right now. I I don't know if YouTube's been choppy, but Facebook's been having a tough time. So here are the options for morning tomorrow. Uh, One option. There's just going to be no episode. No morning on Tuesday because it's going to be, I got to allow myself to sleep in so I don't go crazy. That's option one. Option two is I do a pre-recorded morning and I premiere it, but it's a little different episode. And here's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking if you guys leave comments on the YouTube, not in the chat, because that's hard to find afterwards, but comment on the YouTube video with questions. We can do a QA and a uh, and then it'll premiere tomorrow at the time and I'll record it sometime today when I have 20 minutes of downtime. Or uh, you can give me just topics to go down a rabbit hole, um, you know, just so leave questions in the comments, leave uh, leave topics, and then I'll go down a rabbit hole. And I think that's the two options. Um, how about a late night morning? Yeah, but it's like we're doing late night talking yanks till midnight. So it would be like, you know, 1 a.m. and I'd be dead. Q&A. So those are the options. If I have time, I will go to the YouTube comments and I will look at questions and look at random topics and try to film something and then premiere it on YouTube. Enrique just made the switch from uh, YouTube to uh, Facebook to YouTube. How about that? So so those are that's what I'll probably do, you know, and we probably have we'll run into a couple of these days. So um, 
20 minute pre-recorded rabbit one rabbit hole like like one long rabbit hole or a 10 minute rabbit hole and then some some Q and A's and then we'll we'll premiere it tomorrow so you guys can hang out in the live chat for the for the, the few of you that uh enjoy conversing every morning. So boom, that's what I'm probably going to do. Thanks for listening to my TED Talk. What's coming out today on John Boy Media is Wake and Jake right after this. Talking baseball. Jake and I record that at 10 o'clock. We got the whole weekend to recap all the series recaps. That'll be exciting. John Boy and Jake TV. There's an episode of Watching Baggage Out like there is every Monday morning. I'm guessing or I'm hearing in the comments that Ronnie is a liar. I'm not uh, I'm not I'm not sure why. I'm not I don't remember that. But I'm excited to go rewatch. Do you remember Ronnie the liar on Baggage? So I didn't. Okay. Good, good morning. But I saw it on the YouTube page. It's the very pretty girl with all the hippie piercings and oh hair. yeah 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 and then Ronnie's me if everything goes right oh yeah, yeah so you slept with a thousand women yeah okay spoiler 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 okay um, that was a weird episode that guy was hilarious sexy sexy love when you get a sexy Talking Giants, talking net, talking sports are all out. Talking Giants is ripping through their PPPs, player profile, and projection episodes a day. So if you're a Giants fan, go check out that. Talking nets, the Bubble Boys getting it done, and talking sports got everything covered. If you're just a uh, sports nut, I'll be very sad when you guys run out of baggage episodes. Says Dylan Brower. I think there's 300. Um, we have to go get the next batch. But I believe there's 300, so that's as many as we can do if we can get our hands on every single episode. All right, let's move on. And that's all I have to say about that. We're going to Lumpkin, Georgia. Lumpkin, Georgia. Lumpkin, Georgia. Lumpkin. I didn't hear Lumpkin, Georgia. Okay, uh, first let's just do the Google Maps. What a terrible name. We'll do the Google Maps. We'll see where it is in Georgia. The research for Lumpkin, Georgia, isn't pretty. And I say that seriously. It's The Wikipedia page kind of blows. It's kind of a sad time, and I'll tell you why. So there you go. It's uh, kind of you know close to Columbus on the border, closer to uh, you know Alabama than the, than the ocean. Lumpkin, Georgia, there's a little lake right there. You always, I always wonder how these little towns form because usually there had to be a waterway to get there way back in the day. There's not one here. It's just a small little town. There's some lakes. There's some rivers, I guess, so maybe. Um, small little town of Lumpkin, Georgia. They got this section over here, which is huge. They really wanted it. They got it. Um, what do we got going on in Lumpkin? Snooky's Country Cooking. That's good. Broad Street. Anything else cool? Pigtail Alley Historic District. Yeah, there's a cool historic district. We'll get to that. Um, not much going on. Okay. Cherry Street, Pine Street, classic street names. House Ave. I think there's one house on that road at one point. Uh, Lumpkin, Georgia. Lumpkin, Georgia. <laughs> I just keep saying the name. It's a dumb name. Lumpkin. It's a bad name. It's like an insult. You have a fucking lump, a lumple skillston. Uh, Lumpkin, Georgia. All right, want to hear the history of Lumpkin, Georgia? Well, historically, the Cherokee, the Choctaw, and the Creek tribes lived there. Native Americans, natives, if you will, uh, lived there. 
And then um, the white Americans came and just removed them, the Removal Act of 1830. So they took all the Native Americans, they kicked them off their land, they stole their land from them. Uh, they forced those tribes to move west of the Mississippi River to Indian Territory. So that's uh, the first like paragraph on Wikipedia about Lumpkin, Georgia. Yeah, stolen land. Okay, uh, all of the U.S. is kind of stolen land. So, you know, that's kind of a history we have to live with. Then the next paragraph is about how they kicked the Indians off and then they just brought in a bunch of slaves and started the cotton industry. It's like, fuck, Lumpkin, Georgia, your history sucks. Your history is awful. Like, it's this one town kind of represents, like, a lot of awful. Um, yeah, they. that's kind of it. And then there was a big, big industrial uh, town for cotton trade. And then land erosion and depletion. Cotton farming gave way to peanut and pine tree cultivation. And labor needs decreased. Then... After Civil War ended, they had a bunch of sharecroppers and all that stuff, and then, you know, legal slavery and that shit. Wild, man. I was just like, this town blows. The whole Wikipedia page is just a sad reminder that the town, that, you know, our history sucks. And then in the 1960s, a group of citizens created a living history known as Westville, and they relocated 30 historical structures to recreate a grouping of Western Georgia architecture and would have been found in 1850s working village. This was kind of cool. I was kind of into this. I was hoping it wasn't. Do you remember a while ago we did that place in, was it Texas or Louisiana? Um, where they had the old plantations and the and the quarters as like a tourist site. It's like, ugh. I was hoping it wasn't like that. So I go to YouTube and type in Westville, Lumpkin, Georgia. And they have this in New Jersey at places as well. They have like a, like Alaire, New Jersey, has an old village like this where you can, I don't know what this audio is going to be, where you can go into like the old mason shop and the old uh, wool factory or whatever. And then there's people dressed like the old time people. They're like, these are my mules. When we needed to get across town, we'd let the mules take us there. It's like uh, the Billy Madison scene. If Miles Davis, uh, if peeing your pants is cool, consider me Miles Davis. Let's see what this lady's saying. Right across the street from the courthouse, there's a little historic marker um, on the side, and it says Stewart County Academy and Masonic Lodge. Um, that's where this building used to be. Uh, it was built in 1832, and it started off as just a boy. Okay, not as riveting as we had hoped. But, yeah, I, old, old little villages like this are cool. We went to one. We went to a lair in New Jersey, Caitlin and I, my fiancé, just like a boring day. We were like, let's go do something. So we went to a lair, a lair, New Jersey, good disc golf course in a lair. You've never seen New Jersey like, oh, this is the guy we talked to. All right, cool. We talked to, no, we didn't talk to that guy. These places are cool. We talked to this guy who doesn't, not him. Nope, he's uh, this guy. Okay, we talked to this guy. He has a wealth of knowledge. Let me see if I can show you the cool things that I remember. He showed us the lunch pails that they would use and how they kept food hot in the winter and cold in the summer because they had a little compartment where they would put river water that was freezing to keep it cold or they'd put fire in it. And then he told us 
one of these things back here. It was pretty cool. It was like, yeah, this is, they would fill it up with boiling water, and then the woman would put it underneath their dress as they sat in church so the hot air would come up their dress. I was like, that sounds awesome. So that's what that's what the place is in Lumpkin, I'm guessing. One of those places. I feel like every town has them. You take your fifth grade trip there. Historic Westville road trip and drone footage. Let's check it out. Be cool. Be cool. Okay. So far, kind of cool. That's the village. So they picked up all these houses that were built in the 1830s and moved them there. So it was like one village. That's really pretty shot. Was that a mansion to the right? Is that someone's house? It's a nice deck. All right, for those that are just listening, I did that the other day. I was like, what does it sound like when you just listen to this? Because we have people, a couple hundred people that just listen every morning. They don't watch with it. It's weird. I'm not the best at it. I'm not good at doing, I'm not doing radio play-by-play here. I'm just doing uh, TV play-by-play. Anyway, that's like the history of Lumpkin. I don't even want to go deeper because it kind of, it just kind of sucks. It's like, hey. What's everything that America did shitty in its past? Oh, go to Lumpkin, Georgia, and you'll find out. Boom. And that's all I have to say about that. Now, here's what happened there. I switched the places on the keyboard where the rabbit hole drop are and the Forrest Gump drop are because it was weird. It was the rabbit hole was the one button. And uh, Forrest Gump was Q. And I was like, I always search for the Q. Like, where is it? What is it? And then I switched them. Why don't I just do one, two, you know? And then I hit it wrong. Listeners need to come to YouTube. Yeah, come to YouTube. I I was telling you, Facebook is choppy right now, but Facebook gets the most amount of people that watch live and watch. But we don't know if we're getting attacked by bots or whatever. Decided quickly it wasn't a rabbit hole. No, I hit the wrong button. I just hit the wrong button. It was a false thing. Uh, <laughs> I'm not. That's pretty funny. Next up, baseball player of the day. Kind of a cool baseball player. So random-ass baseball player. My brother, Luke, he just has a list. He has it all the way through the end of September. Random, random players. Tim Stoddard. I asked my dad if he knew Tim Stoddard. He said he kind of remembered the name. Tim Stoddard remains... The only man to win the Division I basketball title and a World Series ring. Starting power forward for the 1973-74 North Carolina State Wolfpack, the team that finally took down UCLA. Boom. I think he had to guard Walton. I think that was his job, guarding Walton in the, in the tournament. So, Stoddard, big dude, pitcher. During the winter of 1970, oh, listen to this. This is the mo- thing I found most interesting. It's not about his professional career at all. His high school basketball team, the Washington High Senators, they went undefeated. They were 29-0. and They won the state high school championship, which is crazy. It was in Indiana, so we're talking Hoosierville. So they regard that high school team as one of the best high school teams ever in the state of Indiana. I mean, that's like crazy, talking Indiana basketball here. Hoosiers galore. So good for him. Then, um, 
when he went to what do I have it? When he went to college, I just kind of remember saying it. I put the notes down. When he went to college, he chose North Carolina State because the baseball coach at North Carolina State was also the assistant basketball coach, which I don't think happens anymore at all. But if you're a guy who's going to a college to play baseball and basketball, it sounds like pretty sound reasoning to be like, well, if the baseball coach is also going to be at every basketball practice, that kind of connects the dot for me, and I won't have two coaches you know, playing tug-of-war and giving me two different directions, and we'll just kind of be in sync. I was like, that adds up pretty well. If you want a good recruiting tip, there's a guy out there that's badass at two sports. Just tell him you're going to have one coach that just make one of the assistant coaches of the baseball team also an assistant coach on the basketball team and be like, you'll have one dude that's with you the whole way. He's your guy. And then make sure they get along. Good recruiting tip that I just offered. Use it on the field. Use it on the field. Water sucks. Um, they wanted him to lose weight. The old CC Sabathia tidbit. They... Uh, um, Earl Weaver wanted him to lose weight pretty bad, so he worked really hard at losing his weight. And then they put they put this there. And also curbing his temper, which was a problem. <laughs> no no more on that, but uh, <laughs> actually there's a there's a reference for that, so we might click that and try to find that story. Uh, he was up to 250 pounds from 230 in college, so they got him back down, and then when he came back down, he couldn't throw his fastball anymore. So Earl Weaver and the Orioles were like, all right, well, let's put that weight back on. That's what happened to C.C. Sabathia in 2015. He got super skinny. He stopped eating uh, Captain Crunch. He said he ate a box of Captain Crunch a day. He cut it out, and he lost his velocity on his fastball. The phrase that C.C. Sabathia says is, uh, more mass equals more gas. That's why C.C. is roped up and skinny now because he doesn't need to pitch anymore. But he thought he threw harder when he was fatter. So that's the same thing with Stoddard here. Tim Stoddard. Um, he won He won with the Orioles. Like we can go to his baseball reference page. I'm not like... All the good tidbits about him are more about his um, youth. But yeah, he was with the White Sox. And then the White Sox just straight up cut him like in a fucked up move because they had too much money on the books. And then they they just got rid of him. So then Baltimore picked him up. He was with them forever. He made a stint with the Yankees. Let's check out what was his best season. 1979. 29 games, 15 games finished, 171 ERA, 58 innings pitched. Ooh, let's gas him up. Let's go to his 1979 game log. See what he was doing. We got how many games with an earned run? Seven games out of 29 where he allowed a run. It's crazy. 22 games he didn't allow a run. How many games did he not allow a base runner? Oh, a lot of lefty specialist games. Now I'm clicking too much and I'm lost. Five strikeouts in five innings. Man, this is no rhyme or reason here. Like he pitched five and a third. And then later on, he's pitching just getting one out. Kind of crazy. They don't keep track of pitches thrown. Just batters faced. 
Well, pretty good season by him. No awards, though. Let's see if he was good against any Hall of Famer. He had to face a lot of Hall. I feel like he had to face a lot of Yankees that were Hall of Famers. Batter status, Hall of Famer, get results. Tim Stoddard versus Hall of Famer real quick. All right. Paul Molitor, can you guys see this or is it too small? We got Paul Molitor, decent numbers against him. Only five hits and 27 plate appearances. Who did he strike out the most? Yount. That's not good. Jim Rice, crushed him. Eight for 20 with three homers. Other than that, no one, none of the, he fa- I told you he would have faced a lot of Hall of Famers. That error in that division is just a lot of Hall of Famers. Look at that. What a long list. Kirby Puckett popped him. Gary Carter popped him. Rob, Rob, Rod Carew popped him. Ken Griffey Jr. faced him. That does not. Oh, how about this? 12, 12 times Reggie Jackson stepped into the box against him, and zero times did he get a hit. That's cool. Alan Trammell, 12 times. Zero times did he get a hit. Good job. Good job, Stoddard. And then the coolest tidbit I found out about Tim Stoddard is, do you remember the other day, for those that that listen to a lot of these shows, remember we talked about the Senior Professional Baseball Association? Well, Tim Stoddard played for the West Palm Beach Tropics, which is the hat I wanted. And his big... Bulky ass at 40 in that uniform had to look awesome. Oh, I've never been more right to be interested. I knew just just you had to know he was going to make this uniform just amazing. Look at that picture. That might be my favorite baseball card I've ever seen. It looks great. It looks fantastic. Anyway, when he was in this senior league, manager Dick Williams used him as a starting pitcher for the first time in over a decade. He went 10-2 and two with a 4-10 ERA, and he got invites to go to camp. He says he got invites to go to, like, MLB camps the next year, and then they the there was, like, a, there was a labor dispute or something. He said something like that. Look at that. There was two options. Either he was going to make the West Palm Beach Tropics uniform look awful, like Drew Pomerantz trying to wear the swaggy new Padres uniforms. Just doesn't work. Looks bad. Or he was going to own the uniform and make it his bitch, which he did. So congrats to Tim Stoddard. That's a fantastic playing. Like mid-sentence. Just a great card. If anyone has that, I'll take it. We'll blow it up. We'll put it on the background. Thank you very much. And that's all I have to say about that. Moving on to the book. Uh, For those of you that are regular listeners, you know, on Mondays, I just kind of grab one of the poem books because they're quick and easy. I'm not going to do Coozer again. I'm doing this one, The Black Diamonds. We've done this a bunch 
we've done this a bunch, but I don't have a feel for this uh, uh, guy. Like I've I've never read these on my own. I only read these when we do them as a as a team effort here. So I don't know if we like the way this guy writes, or if we if we don't, or if we even know how to differentiate it. That's what's what's going on here. Um, dude looks like Hank Williams Jr. from the old Monday Night Football opening in that baseball card. Yeah, that's a good comp. Hank Williams Jr. is good. Is good. Um, Real D50 was the first one to say page 52. And then Josh, don't forget the intro. Osborne said page 52 as well. Did you guys team up? How did you guys both come up with the same random-ass number? All right. This one. We did this one already. We've done this, I think. I think we've done this fear. Because I remember the line, uh, the, the first line of the second stanza there. Unsheath the sword that slants the wall. Let the sunlight in and go upstairs. We've done that. I'm pretty sure we've done that already. So what was the next one? Troy Pike said 21. Do you guys always just say page 52 and that's why we've done it already? All right. Page uh, 21 says from a bus on the bridge. Here we go. Super deep poetry voice coming up. Should I try to read it backwards so you guys can read it? The boy on the bank in frantic search of stones. It's really hard to read backwards. The boy on the bank in frantic search of stones. The long-winged gulls are frantic in search of bread. Painting a scene here. Little kid trying to find some rocks to throw in the water. Bam. Uh, The gulls trying to find some food, just hovering like crazy assholes. The spindly boy with barely a pick on his bones has a jealous eye set in his jealous head. Oh, maybe the maybe the kid's about to throw some stones at the birds. We got a bird killer. He's jealous of the birds. They can fly around and they're eating all his bread. I searched my mind for a thought that will slay the boy. Outside the window, a gull is framed in air. Far down on the water, the settled gulls deploy. Then the street again, which bred the boy's despair. I search my mind for a thought that will slay the boy. Why is he, why is he choosing the birds? Okay, maybe he's mad at the boy because he's throwing rocks at the birds, so he's trying to slay the boy with words. Like, hey, you piece of shit. I'm rooting for the birds. Maybe. Outside the window, a gull is framed in air. Okay, so the window, think of it as like a picture frame and the gull's right in the air. It's like a beautiful picture outside the bus. Far down on the water, the settled gulls deploy. So all the gulls that got their bread, they're just settling in the water, just chilling out and deploying there. Then the street again, which bred the boy's despair. You guys know what's going on here? You guys know what's going on? I think the dude's driving on a bus, and he sees a boy throwing rocks at birds, and he's rooting for the birds. 
you got me, John Francis Murphy. Little snapshot, little snapshot into life. Choosing the birds. I think Tim Stodders is most famous for getting a hit RBI as a reliever. His first ever plate appearance. If that's true, that should be on the YouTube machine. Wait, is he also in Rookie of the Year? No. Why'd that come up? When you type in Tim Stoddard, the first thing that comes up is Rookie of the Year. Oh, yeah. Oh, shit. That's awesome. Tim Stoddard was the Dodger pitcher in Rookie of the Year. How do I, how do I almost miss that? This dude. When he's doing like the whole chicken dance. Rookie of the year, Henry's at bat. Video. So there he is. There's our dude, Tim Stoddard. That was too quick. Okay, this video is too short. Is this it? What the, what the hell? Is this the trailer for Rookie of the Year? Whatever, well, can't find it. That's cool, though. He does look like that guy. Just looks like a, like a, like a badass dude. Um... All right, good little, good little find at the end there. What was I actually searching for? Tim Stoddard hit in the World Series. Tim Stoddard World Series hit. It looks like that you have to watch the full game to find the hit. But him being in the Rookie of the Year is a better find. I'm pretty upset with myself that I didn't find that to start with. So, good catch by... The chat, which then sent me to the Google, and then Google auto-populate sent me to the right answer, and we did it. So, boom, we're out. I'm not go. Quick little rabbit hole to end it. Jake's starting on Waking Jake soon. Go check him out. Leave comments on the YouTube video, not in the chat, because those are hard to find after the fact. On the YouTube video, Q&A or random topics for rabbit holes for tomorrow's pre-recorded episode. Thanks, guys. Love you. Have a great day. See ya.